good morning. Welcome to Springbrook. Um, I also want to welcome anyone who's watching online. Just a reminder, we have online hosts who are there to answer any questions or to pray with you. So will you guys stand? Our first scripture today is Psalm 9, 1 through 2. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and exalt in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High.
the King of glory, the King above all kings. Who shakes the whole earth with holy thunder and leaves us breathless in awe and wonder, the King of glory, the King above all kings. This is amazing grace.
set of verses comes from first chronicles 29 11 yours O lord is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours yours is the kingdom O lord and you are exalted as head above all Could imagine 
for bringing us here. It's not an easy day to get here, especially for some. But Lord, I just pray that you would take this opportunity to speak to us. We're not here by accident. So Lord, I pray that you would focus our minds and our hearts on you as we listen to Rich speak today. And I just pray that we would be moved and speak and listen to you and just hear what you have to say to us. Bless our time together. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Springbrook Community Church. My name is Max, and I'm a member here, and I'd like to keep you informed on some of the important things taking place here at Springbrook. But first, welcome. I'd like to give you all a chance to introduce yourselves. There's a connection card located in each aisle. I'd like you to please take a few minutes to fill that out and 
put down as much information as you feel comfortable sharing. If you're joining us online, welcome to you as well. I hope you're braving the snowstorm okay. I'd like you to please click on the top left corner of your screen, and that will have the information for filling out a virtual connections card. Just type in all your information, and while you're joining us, feel free to meet with any one of our online hosts if you have any questions. The No Regrets Men's Conference is coming right up, and this is the very last week to register, so for all the men in the audience, or for all the, or for all of the women who are married to men, I'd like you to please... Uh, Invite your husband, friend, whoever, to join us at the Men's No Regrets Conference. This is the very last week to sign up. We celebrate the sanctity of life here at Springbrook, and we partner with a ministry called Informed Choices in order to do that. They are hosting their baby bottle campaign, so feel free to pick one up if you haven't already, and... Fill those out with your loose change, dollar bills, and any other money that you can spare. And make sure to return those by February 12th so they can go to Informed Choices and support their important ministry. Lastly, today is the annual meeting and celebration luncheon. So we will be talking about some business things for the members. And then we will be celebrating 26 years of ministry here at Springbrook. Lunch will be provided, so please join us at 12.30, which is just after the 11 o'clock service. Thank you. Well, good morning. Welcome to Springbrook. We're glad you're with us today. Uh, grateful for all those who braved the snow and able, were able to come out today. Everybody got to shovel. I, I plowed through mine this morning, and I have to deal with it when I get back. So how many of you plowed before you got here? Anybody shovel before you got here? Everybody plow through it? <laughs> Welcome to everyone online. We're glad that you're uh, with us as well. It was fun to be able to see uh, people greeting one another and commenting. Uh, these are the kind of mornings, I think, where people jump in on the online. We're glad you're with us uh, this morning. And uh, we're kicking off a new series today on wisdom, and I, I can't help but think that this is a period in time right now where we just desperately need wisdom. I know I need that. It's something I pray for routinely. Uh, my wife and I, I had the kids last week. Uh, Carolyn and I had their grandbabies, and so we have, a, we have raised four kids, so we have a lot of knowledge. But wisdom is knowing that you need to pick up the Legos after they're done, right? <laughs> I kept getting up from the couch and stepping on Legos like, oh, I forgot, there's a difference between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is something that we have. Wisdom is knowing what to do with that knowledge. And so we're kicking off a series this week on, on wisdom. And we have some resources for you as we uh, move into this new series. Uh, we have a new resource uh, for you, a new study guide uh, that you can use in your small groups or you can use as you follow along individually. Uh, it's our time together. You know, you can just go through that by yourself and go through that with your family. And so there's some uh, resources out there for you. We've got a new book on Proverbs. And then I know many of you picked up a bookmark. You're doing the reading plan this year. And uh, we've got some journals out there. I want to continue to encourage you to uh, continue with that discipline. I know um, I started off strong. And as you get towards the end of January, it's easy to find yourself getting a little bit behind. I just want to encourage you. Don't worry about getting behind. Just pick up with where you're at. And so we've got some reading plan materials available for you. And then we have a reading plan uh, that we're going to be doing each week as we move through the book of Proverbs. And so they're week-long reading plans. And so you can pick it up, you can do it for a couple of days, and then you can be done. I like the week-long reading plans because when you're done, you get to click it, and it says you're complete, and you're like, achieve this milestone. But the 30, 45-day reading plans, you have to make it 30, 45 days before you get to feel that, ah, oh, I made it. But each week, we have a reading plan that's going to follow along with this series as we move through uh, Proverbs together, looking at the importance of wisdom Wisdom is making decisions, it's making choices based on the quality of having experience and applying knowledge. And so wisdom is more than just knowing something. From a biblical perspective, wisdom is submitting our own opinions, our own judgments to what God says in his word. 
So as we read through Scripture, we get wisdom as we apply those biblical principles uh, to our life. The Bible is filled with wisdom. It fills our life with purpose. It fills our life with hope. It gives us freedom. It gives us the promise of a full life today, and it promises us eternal life as well. So the Bible is just packed with wisdom. And it's just, a, it's just it's amazing when you look through the structure of the Bible as well. I don't know how many of you have had an opportunity to maybe hear a sermon series on Proverbs. There's a difference between Proverbs and Psalms. There's a difference between reading through Leviticus and through the Gospels. And so the Bible has got different types of writing. And so when you pick it up, it's, it's not just a book like you would pick up at a bookstore. There's, it's important to understand the different types of writing that you're reading. You know, we've got the law. We've got history. We have poetry. We have prophecy. We have apocalyptic writing that talks about end times. And then we have, you know, the epistles, which are letters that are written to different churches and, and the epistles that Paul has written to some of the believers. And so there's different types of writings as you're reading through the Bible. And so we're going to be looking through Proverbs and Proverbs falls into what's called wisdom literature. Wisdom literature is books such as Job or, 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 or the Song of Solomon or Ecclesiastes. And so Proverbs is what's called commonly is uh, wisdom literature. It's a collection of good things to know and how to apply it to your lives from a godly perspective. We're going to be in Proverbs, and throughout this book, Solomon is going to encourage us to get wisdom or to, to grow in wisdom. He says those that have wisdom, have, uh, they love life. He says it's better to have wisdom than gold and riches. And so if you think about how much money we have accumulated in our bank accounts and the stuff that we have, wisdom is so much better than anything that we can accumulate. Wisdom is important, and, and he encourages us to get wisdom. It's more important than gold, and those who have wisdom find purpose for their life. Wisdom is our theme this year at Springbrook. And so as we move through 2023, we're going to be talking about the importance of wisdom in our decision-making with regard to decisions about ministry or decisions about groups or uh, how we encourage one another. And so wisdom is our theme as we move through this year. Last year, we were praying that people would encounter more of the power and presence of the Holy Spirit in their life. And as we move into this year, we're praying that people would experience wisdom, that they would grow in wisdom and in stature. Our theme verse for this year comes from Ephesians 5, 15 through 17, where Paul encourages us to, to walk carefully. You know, look carefully how you're walking, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time because the days are evil. Therefore, don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And so it's my prayer as we move through this year that we have a sense of clarity about the Lord's leading, both in our ministry and our lives individually. And we need, to, we need to walk wisely, making the best use of our time. Look carefully is a, a command. We're to look carefully. Pay attention to what's going on around you. Look carefully how you walk, how you live out your life. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of your time. And so every day that God gives you is a gift. Our days are numbered. It's appointed one once for man to die. As you read through the Psalms, we're encouraged to number our days so that we can live wisely. And so we're to be making use of the best use of our time on a daily basis. This world is fallen and broken, but we also know this world is not our home. And we're to make the best use of the time that God has for us. Don't be foolish. Understand what the will of the Lord is. So we need wisdom. We need wisdom as we live out God's plan for us at Springbrook. We certainly need wisdom as we live out the lives that God has for us individually, as we make decisions each day, don't we? Every day we're faced with decisions and choices. You know, there's estimates that we make somewhere between 35 and 45,000 decisions on a daily basis. You know, we need wisdom in our decision-making. And some of those decisions we make are, to be honest, relatively unimportant. You know, we make decisions about where we should eat for lunch. You know, that decision in itself can gridlock a family. My wife and I will spend quite a bit of time talking about where we eat for lunch. But it's a simple decision if you stop to think about it. You know, decisions such as should I wear black or brown pants, it's really not an important decision. I got up last, you know, this morning, I had to think about should I wear black or brown? It's like, you know, those, some decisions are just really not important. But they can trip us up. There's decisions that we make on a routine basis that are relatively simple. But some decisions are really important. And we, they're really important, and it's clear about what we should do, but we struggle, and we need wisdom, and we need the Holy Spirit to make those right decisions. You know, should I share my faith with my neighbor? Should I share my faith? Should I talk to people about Christ? We need wisdom in that. That's a decision that we, we know we need to do it, but do we do it? 
know, that has an internal impact. The most important thing that we can do is help someone understand their need for a relationship with Christ. But sometimes we struggle to be able to do that. You know, should I be honest on my taxes? You know, that's a simple decision to make. But, but we know what the answer is, but we don't always make the right decisions, do we? You know, should I copy my friend's homework? You know, that's a simple decision. Some people think about that. We know what's right to do. We know we're not supposed to do it, and we know what the right thing is to do, but sometimes we struggle making the right decision. Even though we know what's right, we make important decisions, and we, have, we need wisdom in making those decisions. And then there's other types of decisions that we make, decisions that are life-changing, but there is no clear answer. You know, sometimes there's clear answers, and we just need to choose the right thing, but sometimes the answers are not clear. But they're important life decisions. Where should I go to college? Should I go to this university? Should I date this person? Should I marry this person? Those are important life-changing decisions where the answer is not always clear. And we need to seek the Lord in those to find the answers that God would have for us. We make decisions about our job. You know, should I take that job in Texas or should I stay in Illinois? You should stay in Illinois. <laughs> we have a moratorium on moving at Springbrook. Nobody listens to me. You know, we make decisions about, about where to live and, and where to go to school and who we should marry. Those are important decisions, ones in which we need to seek earnestly the Lord. We need wisdom in making those decisions. And the book of Proverbs is especially important for critical, life-changing decisions. And so there's 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. Unfortunately, we're not going to be able to cover it all. You know, chapter, there's 31 chapters, and so we could do a chapter a week. I could do a 31-week sermon series on Proverbs. We could do a chapter every week for half a year. Now, we'd have to catch up because we talked about Proverbs last month. We covered a lot of territory on Proverbs. There's 150 chapters there. That was, that, was a, that was almost a year, too. I mean, there's a lot of material to cover in Proverbs. Or you could read a chapter a day for a month. You could read a chapter a day for the month of January. Not the month of February, short, but in January, March. You could read a chapter a day in March. And so you could cover what Proverbs would have for you. You know, Proverbs has 915 verses. And so you could pick one verse out of Proverbs and ponder it and reflect on it and think about it every day for the next two and a half years. <laughs> There's a lot of material in Proverbs. And I would encourage you, if you've never had an opportunity to read through Proverbs, to, you know, to pick maybe a plan, this, this weekly plan that we're moving through together as a church. We'll cover a chapter a week. And I want to encourage you if, you, if you're not reading anything, that might be a good thing to do. And so if we read through Proverbs, it's filled with wisdom. There's, there's 15,000, over 15,000 words in the book of Proverbs. And you could pick each word and just kind of do a study on each word. And I'm going to let you figure out how long that would take you or whether you're not wanting to do that. That's like, you do that for a lifetime. There's a lot of information in Proverbs. There's a lot. If you've ever read through it, I know sometimes it can seem a little bit random. I can't help but uh, reading through it. Every time I think about Proverbs, a word picture comes to mind. When I first became a believer, I started reading through the Bible and I got to Proverbs and I felt like I was opening up a fortune cookie every time I read it. I was like, you should do this, you should do that. You know, as you read through Proverbs, sometimes it's tried it hard to figure out, okay, what does the author have for me in this? But there's a structure for Proverbs. There's a structure for Proverbs. The first nine chapters of Proverbs are written as an introduction to how to live wisely. And so as you read through those first nine chapters of Proverbs, they're all about living wisely and how to do that. You know, especially from the youthful position. You know, as you look at chapters one through nine, it's, it's, it's Solomon talking to his young son. You know, there's a heartfelt connection between the, the writer and those that are reading. You know, there's, you get a sense of God's heart for us. He, he loves us like a father loves a child. And he's speaking to people that are relatively young in their faith that need to be encouraged in seeking out wisdom. And so the first nine chapters really give us an, an introduction to what it means to live wisely, ultimately knowing that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge and wisdom. As you move through chapters 10 through the rest of the book, um, you got principles for wise living. You know, chapters 9 through 31, uh, up to 31, talk about principles for wise living. And so we're going to be picking up some principles as we move through this series about how to live wisely. You know, how do we have wisdom in our relationships with our family? What is wisdom in sex, family, raising kids, money? The Proverbs talks about how to live wisely and gives us principles for evaluating how to make decisions with choices that we're faced with on a daily basis. And then as you finish up with uh, chapter 31, it talks about the reflections of what it means to live a wise life.
So Proverbs has got some structure to it. It talks to those that are youthful, and it talks about wisdom that is available for all. And we certainly can't cover everything that we need to know from Proverbs in this short series. We certainly are not going to be able to cover that today. But what I can do is help us all, each of us, to understand how important the book of Proverbs is to understanding wisdom. You know, the book of Proverbs is critically important to us if we're going to understand how to apply what we know to our life. And this gets set up in the first seven verses of uh, Proverbs chapter 1. And so if you brought a Bible with you, let's turn to Proverbs chapter 1. And let's read these first seven verses together that really set up for us the importance of the book of Proverbs. In chapter 1, beginning of verse 1, it says this, The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction to understand words of insight, to receive instructions in wise dealing in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning. Let the one who understands obtain guidance to understand a proverb as a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. And so these first seven verses set up for us the importance of Proverbs. You know, the first reason that Proverbs is so important is because of who God spoke to when he wrote it. Verse 1 says it's the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, who is the king of Israel. Why is it significant that he is the one that wrote the book? There's a reason that it makes it significant and why it's so important, because Solomon was one of the wisest men that had ever lived. Back in 1 Kings... Uh, when uh, Solomon first became king, he followed in the line of his father, David. In uh, chapter 3 of First Kings, it says, Solomon loved the Lord. He walked in the statutes of David, his father. He only sacrificed and made offerings at high places. He went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was a great high place. Solomon used to offer a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream at night, and God asked him, what do you want? And Solomon said, you have shown great and steadfast love to your servant David and my father because he walked before you in faithfulness and righteousness and uprightness of heart towards you. And you have kept him from this great and steadfast love and you have given him a son to sit on the throne this day. And I know, O Lord, my God, you have made your servant king. You have made me servant king in place of my David, my father, although I am but a little child. And I love what he says. Yet I do not know how to go, to come in, or to go out. And so Solomon acknowledges his need for knowledge and wisdom. He says in verse 8, Your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too many to be numbered or be counted in a multitude. Please, therefore, give me an understanding mind to govern your people, that I may be able to discern the difference between good and evil. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? It pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this. God gave it to him because, he's, because you have asked this. You have not asked for yourself, long life or riches or all the other things that you could have asked for. You asked to be able to discern what is right. Behold, I'm now going to do according to your word. Behold, I give you a wise, discerning mind so that none like you has ever been before and none like you shall ever arise after this. As you move into chapter four, it says that God gave Solomon wisdom and understanding beyond measure. And breadth of mind, like the sand on the seashore, so Solomon's wisdom surpassed the wisdom of all the people of the east and all the people, all the wisdom of Egypt. He was wiser than all the other men, wiser than Ethan, wiser than Heman, Kalal, Durab, you know, the sons of Mahal. He was, his fame was in all the surrounding nations. And he spoke 3,000 proverbs. And his songs were 1,005. He spoke of trees from the cedar that is in Lebanon to the hyssop that grows on the wall. He spoke also of beasts and birds and reptiles and fish. All the people, all the nations came to hear the wisdom of Solomon from all the kings of the earth who had heard of his wisdom. And so Solomon, of all the things that he could have asked for, asked for wisdom, and God granted it to him in abundance, such that he would go on to write, 3,000 Proverbs and Psalms. And so when we're reading through Proverbs, we're reading the collective wisdom that God has given Solomon, and he is sharing that with us. 
Solomon is sharing with us everything that he has learned. Proverbs is important because God gave the wisest man who ever lived words for us today to live by. Now, when you think about wisdom, when you think about decision-making, and you think about who you're going to talk to in life, who is the wisest, smartest person that you would go to if you wanted an opinion? Now, who's somebody that you can think of that you would want to go talk to and say, hey, I, I need some input from you? Seriously, think about that for a second. Who could tell you what they think that you should do, and you would immediately just go do it? You have somebody with that kind of wisdom that you could go to and say, I need to hear from you. Whatever you say, I will do. <laughs> you know anybody like that? You know, most people, most people don't think that way. You know, some people don't listen to anyone. Some people don't get wisdom. They don't, they don't get put it from everyone. They have all the answers. They know everything there is to do, everything they need. You know, they don't ask anybody for opinions. But most people know that they don't know everything. There's things that I know. I know I can't play that piano back there. I mean, there's all kinds of things that I I know I don't know. There's things that I know. There's things that I know I don't know. And there are many, many things that I don't even know that I don't know. And so when faced with that, like Solomon, Solomon came before the Lord and said, I don't know how to go in or go out. There's something lacking in me. Please give me wisdom. And God gave wisdom to Solomon in that way. And he's passing that wisdom on to us. And so each of us needs to, get, needs to get to a place where we say, I don't know what to do, but Lord, my eyes are on you. That's Jehoshaphat's prayer when the armies were rising up against him. I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. Solomon's saying, hey, I don't know what to do, but please give me wisdom. The book of, the book of Proverbs gives us the information we need to make wise decisions. It's important because of who wrote it. Proverbs is important because of who wrote it. The second reason it's important is because it gives us purpose. Proverbs has a purpose. Proverbs was written to give us wisdom and instruction, to help us to understand words of insight, that we might receive instruction in wise dealing in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth, Let the wise hear an increase in learning and the one who understands obtain guidance to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. You know, Proverbs has a purpose. It's important because of who wrote it. It's important because of its purposes. And and, and wisdom here is a reflection of uh, a skill, it's knowledge. And so the first purpose that we see here is, is to give us wisdom and instruction. That's why it was written, to give us wisdom and instruction. And, and wisdom is a skill that needs to be developed. Wisdom as it's used here is used elsewhere of, of sailors that have learned to sail, administrators that have learned to administer, craftsmen that have, have, are using their gifts to build. And, and so here it means it's skill and living. Wisdom is skill and living. It's, it's taking what we know and, and having the wisdom and how to apply it. It's a skill that we can develop. Wisdom is something that you can learn. And so if you're not feeling very wise, you're not feeling very smart, go to Proverbs. Proverbs will give you the skills in living a life that is good and pleasing to God. Wisdom has the ability to give us knowledge, the skill necessary to to guide our life in a way that is God-honoring, to make good decisions and to make good choices. And understanding, as it's translated here, is the same as it is like with discipline. You know, understanding and, and instruction. Instruction is like discipline, like, like a parent would discipline a, a child, which results in their education. You know, I had the uh, grandkids for a couple of days, and I was cooking bacon. Carolyn was at work. I had three pounds of bacon to cook. I thought, oh, this is a good time to cook some bacon. I'm hungry. So I'm cooking it. And I got my sheets all laid out. The oven got really hot, and so Silas was in the kitchen, kept wanting to help me, and he'd get, he'd get up to the oven. He'd get really close, and I'd go, hot, that's hot. And so he wanted to help me cook the bacon. And so, but I had to, I had to let him know that this was hot. And so he got up and we, he put his hand alert a little bit and he could feel it. And so I was giving him instruction. You know, if you don't do this, you're going to get burned. And so discipline and instruction is positive reinforcement. There's, there's things that we can do verbally and sometimes we, we do that physically. But wisdom is a skill that can be developed and, and, and instruction is, is something that is designed to help us to know how to make right choices. And so Proverbs was written to give us wisdom 
and instruction. The second purpose that Proverbs was written for was that we might understand and have words of insight. You know, understanding and insight are two forms of the same root word. The big idea here is, is that we are able to distinguish between two things. You know, the ability to understand and have words of insight is the ability to distinguish between two things. Knowledge is much greater than just having the facts. It's all about knowing what best to do with them. And so getting understanding and understanding those words of insight is, is it's common sense. It's, it's the ability to be able to step back and say, I can make a choice and I can know what's right because God has imparted this to me as I read through the Proverbs. And so we know that we get wisdom and instruction. We know that we get understanding to these words of insight. And then we also get instruction in wise dealings with regard to righteousness, to justice, and equality. You know, when we are dealing with things that are different of wisdom, this this wise dealings is different than just having wisdom. Wisdom is something that you have, but, but wise dealings is different in the sense that you don't just have it, but you have the ability to think through complex issues. You know, it's not just having wisdom, but the ability to think through complex issues. Wise dealings is an active thing. It's the ability to see what's going on behind the scenes and then make the right decision. You know, I pulled up to a stop sign last night and uh, I'm waiting there for the car to go. There's nothing coming. It's snowing outside. I know it's slippery, but I'm sitting there, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, and finally the car goes by. And so I'm starting to get frustrated because I'm sitting there for a while. I'm thinking, it's really clear. And so I'm thinking about, should I honk the horn? I don't want to freak them out. So, so I stepped back and I kind of looked around and I could see it was a young girl, probably just learning how to drive, sitting at the stop sign. And she was waiting till nothing was coming before she pulled out there. That was probably a good decision for a new driver, right? And so I had, to, I had to step back and I had to analyze what was going on in my mind before I made the decision to start honking on her because I, I didn't want to push her out there in a time that she wasn't ready. And so this, this wise dealings is the ability to step back and to reflect and be aware of what's going on so that you can then make the right choice. It's looking what's going on behind the scenes and making the right decision. It's a process of thinking through in this situation, God's standards in the situation. And so it's the ability to understand the motives of men. It's the ability to understand what's on your heart and the ability to understand what God's word said and then bring all these things together to make a decision that is good in the eyes of God. When it comes to righteousness, righteousness is our standing before God. It's a, we are not of this world. We're set apart from that. So we make decisions as a result of who we are in Christ. Justice from God's perspective, the equity from God's perspective. The Bible talks more about justice and equity than anything that you're going to find out in our world. And so when we read through Proverbs, it gives us instructions and and wise dealings with regard to righteousness, to justice, and equality. That's an important purpose of why why we have the book of Proverbs, is to give us wisdom in this area. And then the the fourth purpose is to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth, let the wise hear an increase in learning, and the one under, understands, obtain guidance. And so prudence is, is having the uh, sharp powers of judgment. It's the ability to, to make wise decisions, but it's, it's more than that. It's, it's sharp powers of judgment, which comes from years of experience and training. You don't just pick that up. It's something that you get over time. You know, it's something that the simple-minded or a naive person does not have. And so Proverbs gives those that, that are simple-minded or don't have wise judgment, it gives them prudence. And so it's the ability to, to, to be able to think through and make sound judgments. Someone that is naive is unable to guard themselves against the falsehoods that are being proclaimed of things around them. And so when you first make a faith commitment, when we first come to faith in Christ, you know, we still are in the workplace. We still have friends around us. And we all of a sudden are forced with making decisions about what other people think versus what we find in Scripture. And it comes to bear in our lives. And so we need to be prudent with regard to understanding how to make wise decisions. You know, someone that is naive or not prudent can't guard themselves from all the stuff that's coming from the outside. 
you know, that's simple-minded is, is having an open mind. Have you ever heard anybody say, well, you just need to have an open mind about this? That is like a red flag. <laughs> because that means there's something that we should be doing. You know that you should be doing it. There's an issue of right or wrong, but we want you just to kind of have an open mind about what we're going to challenge with you. Open-mindedness. The problem with open-mindedness is that anything can come in there. You know, when you send your kids off to school, you don't want them being open-minded about matters of faith because I'm telling you, it's going to fill their minds. You know, we see that it used to be a college issue when kids would come through elementary school and they'd grow up to go to college. Parents would send their kids off to college and they'd send them out into the workplace. Not all kids go to college. Some people go to a trade school. Some get jobs. Some just get married. But kids go out from underneath their parents' influence. And the parents' first thought is, oh, Lord, please protect them (laughs) because we know things are going to be coming into their minds. We don't want to send our kids out into the world with an open mind, do we? We want them to have a firm understanding of of what God's word is. We want to have them have a firm understanding that God does love them, has a plan for them, and there there is right and wrong. And so the problem with open-minded or being simple-minded is that anything that can come in, whether it's falsehoods or or just, you know, there's, there's so many things that can come in. And Proverbs gives us a filter to protect ourselves. Proverbs gives us a filter to protect ourselves from what is right and wrong. You know, it, 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 it gives words to those that are young. It gives words that, to those that are young that are lacking in training or what they need. It gives them something to arm themselves, to guard themselves with as they go into the world. It gives those that are wise, let those that are wise hear and increase their learning. And so we don't know it all, do we? There's always something to learn. I have never pick this book up, that I didn't learn something. And so if we've got wisdom, if we've got knowledge, if we've had a long walk with Christ, our attitude should be such that we're continuing to learn. We're increasing in knowledge. We're increasing in Christ-likeness. And so we never arrive. And so I think a lot of times people will make a faith commitment. They go, okay, I made a faith commitment. I'm going to heaven. I'm good. (laughs) That's where it starts. You know, God continues to draw us closer to himself. We become Christ-likeness, and it's a journey that we're on as we sharpen and encourage one another. That's one of the great things about small groups. We, get, we come together and learn. And if, and if you know if you know more than the people around your group, then maybe you should be leading the group. If you're in a small group and somebody just always seems to be having the answers, ask them, hey, maybe would you think about leading your own group? I mean, because we, we all have something that we can share with other people around us. But when we get to that point, that we know a lot, we need to continue to increase our learning. Maybe we need to learn to be a better leader. Maybe we need to learn how to come alongside of other people so that they can, can be where we're at. We're in a constant process of learning and becoming Christ-likeness. And the one who understands all these things, we get guidance. Give all, all of these things. If you understand all these things, then God just continued to guide me so that I can continue to make wise decisions. And so Proverbs, it gives prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear an increase in learning and the one who understands obtain guidance. We should always be going to the word of God. We should always be seeking godly counsel from those around us. We never attain it. We're always working towards it until the day that God calls us home. And then the fifth purpose for for Proverbs is to help us to be able to understand Proverbs and to saying the words of the wise and the riddles. And so the greater your familiarity with the book of Proverbs, the greater will be your ability to understand it. The meaning of the various expressions of wisdom and and all it contains, the more you study it, the more you learn. The more you study the Bible, the more you understand the Bible. And so most of my conversations with people that have questions about the Bible are like, well, it's just too confusing. I I don't understand it. I was like, well, have you ever read it? No. I said, would you like a Bible? It's like, yeah, where do I start? Start in the book of John. (laughs) Don't don't start in Leviticus. There's some places that you need to go to. It's filled with all different types of writings. There's there's a lot of places to start in the Bible. So if if you've never really read a Bible, you're not sure where to start, start reading through the book of John because that'll help you understand who Jesus is. It'll help you to understand his ministry. It'll help you to understand where faith begins, begins by hearing and accepting and then living out. And the more that you grow in your faith, the more that you'll study, the more that you'll be able to understand. You can't understand the Bible if you're not going to read the Bible. And so Proverbs encourages us to, the more we study it, the more we're going to understand the parables and the Proverbs. We've got to study it to be in it. We've got to be in it to, to, to learn it. Proverbs is important because of, because of who God used to write it. 
It's important because it was given to us by Solomon, the wisest man in the world. And he's passed on everything that he picked up, he learned from God. And so it's important because of who wrote it. It's important because of its purpose. And Proverbs is important because it focuses, it focuses us on who God is. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And wisdom comes as we apply what we know. Wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord. Without this, without this fear of the Lord, each one of us will go our own way. <laughs> rejecting what is true, rejecting it as right. Each of us will, will turn from God. If we ignore him, we'll turn to our own ways in favor of what's right in our own eyes. And so Proverbs points us to the reality of our need for Christ. It points us to the reality of who God is. And the fear of the Lord is beginning of knowledge. It's only there that we can begin to experience what God has for us. There's only one way out of the mess that we're in, and that is the message of the gospel. We have to keep our eyes on him. In Matthew chapter 12, as a part of uh, Jesus's uh, ministry, um, he's um, moving throughout the land of, uh, of uh, Galilee. He, he comes to a, a man with a withered hand and he heals him. And uh, he's, he's doing all these miracles. He's being uh, accused of blasphemy. Uh, and, the, and the Pharisees are all looking for a sign. And when you get to, uh, uh, to Matthew chapter 12, and verse 39, the scribes and the Pharisees go to him and they say, we want to see a sign from you. And he answered them, an evil and adulterous generation seeks for signs. No signs are going to be given to you except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For just as it was with Jonah, was three days and nights in the belly of a great fish, so it will be with the Son of Man, three days and nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for they, re- for they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and behold, something greater than Jonah is here. And so he says, they're not going to give you a sign. You're going to get one sign. You're going to watch me die. You're going to watch me be buried. You're going to watch me come back to life. And so that's the only sign you're going to get. And so he's, the, 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 that sign of Jonah, this sign that I'm going to do for you is better than the sign of Jonah. And then he says in verse 42, the queen of the south will rise up at the judgment with the generation and condemn it as well. For she came from the ends of the earth to hear about the wisdom of Solomon and behold, something greater than Solomon is here. The queen of the south will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for she came from the ends of the earth to hear about the wisdom of Solomon. When Solomon got that wisdom, everyone was coming to hear about his wisdom. He was given the wisdom enough to write all the Proverbs. He was, everybody was amazed. And Jesus says this, Behold, something greater than Solomon is here. It is in Christ, it is in that good news about the gospel, that we can begin to understand the fullness of the knowledge that we need to live a life that is good and pleasing to the Lord. In Matthew, 20, in Matthew 12, 42, we understand that Jesus is ultimately the source of our wisdom. God himself has interfered on our behalf to pay the price of our sinfulness, our pride, our separation, all those things which leads to death. In the Old Testament, God's people looked forward to the promise of a sacrifice that would be completed. And we know today that that reality of that is found in Christ. In the New Testament, we find that Jesus is that sacrifice. And now we can look back with historical reality about who he is he claimed to be. And so all the wisdom of Proverbs, everything that we study and everything that we're going to learn as we go through this series is important because of who wrote it, because of its purpose, because it will focus us on God. But ultimately, Jesus is greater than all of those things. You know, being justified is a gift by God's grace, that we're no longer, that we're no longer having to live in fear of his judgments and no longer living in fear of his presence. The fear of the Lord is a healthy thing. There's a healthy fear that we're to have from the perspective that he is a righteous judge, that sin must be paid for. But we know that because of who we are in Christ and because of our assurance there, we can have a reverent fear that is healthy. We can have a reverent fear. It's a proper respect for him because he is the creator and we are his creatures. He is our father and we are his children. And Jesus points us to the reality, ultimately, of what it means to have a right relationship with God. That reverence is a sign of our humility before him. And humility is necessary in order to learn and to mature and grow in our faith. That wisdom and humility is important if we're going to grow in our faith. 
we have to, like Solomon, come before the Lord and say, I don't know everything that there is to know. I don't know how to go in and I don't know how to go out. I don't know what to do with this decision. I don't know how to act in this specific case. Lord, give me wisdom. We each need to be able to come before the Lord with humility. It's that same humility that we come before the Lord and we are able to experience the joy of salvation. It's that point that the Holy Spirit enters into us and we're able to live out our faith in a way that is good and pleasing to God. Proverbs calls us to be humble and to be wise and to follow the ways of the Lord. And it's it's a warning to turn away from pride and foolishness. May we be careful to heed its message. You know, as we move through these next few weeks together, I want to encourage you to start reading through Proverbs with us. You know, maybe pick a passage a day. Maybe pick a couple words that you're going to reflect on. If you're interested in picking up a Bible reading plan, you know, I'd encourage you to read along with us. I, I use the YouVersion Bible app. Sometimes I'll send invitations out to everybody. If, if I'm your friend on YouVersion, you've gotten an invitation from me. But um, if, I'm not going to invite anybody. If you are interested in reading that plan, just go to the website, click the link, and you can read through Proverbs a chapter a day with us as we go through this series together. Maybe if that's a lot, you pick up that Bible reading card, pick up a passage. The book of Proverbs has 31 chapters in it. Just you read a chapter a day and the month you will have finished it. You'll pick up a verse. There's the 15,000 words. I'd encourage you not to do the word study. Word study a day is going to take you a lifetime. <laughs> but do something where you're studying and applying God's word to your life. As you grow in faith and maturity, uh, God's going to continue to give you wisdom and clarity as you seek to make decisions that are good and pleasing to him. Ultimately, uh, we need to understand what we're doing with making a decision about Jesus Christ. That's the most important decision we can make in this life. This is where we're going to spend the next one. And Jesus, is the, Jesus calls us into a relationship with himself, and he gives us wisdom and stature. We're going to read. We're going to learn together. Ultimately, it begins with who we are in Christ. And so if you have questions about how to have a relationship with Christ, you know, that's, the, that's the first decision to make. And so maybe after you make that decision, maybe you're wondering about, well, should I get baptized? You know, do you want to become a part of our Springbrook family? Do you, do you want to get connected to a small group? Do you, do you want to learn your small groups? You know, our, our discipleship pathway is designed to help people to grow in their faith until we all achieve maturity and attain unity in this body of Christ. I'm looking forward to this series. I hope you are too. I hope you'll be safe on your way home today. Thank you for being with us today. Uh, Would you pray with me as we uh, uh, continue to close our time out together? Uh, Father, I just thank you for, thank you for the wisdom of Solomon. God, that we can uh, study these words together, that we can encourage one another. Uh, God, I thank you for um, your word. I pray that it would be written on our hearts. I know I think back this past week, I think about some of the decisions that need to be made next week. We all make decisions on a routine basis. Some of them are minor, and some of them are very significant. And so for those of my friends that are here this morning or listening now online that are faced with making some significant decisions in life, I pray that you would just give them wisdom, that they would find that wisdom in your word, that they would find it from the wise counsel of other believers around them. But God, I just look forward to the work that you're going to do in and through us. Thank you for your faithfulness to us. Uh, We commit this day to you, and we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you stand for one last song together?
Don't forget, come back this afternoon for the, for the celebration meeting that we're having, and I hope you have a great day.